Welcome to the Road to Zero, a future-proof podcast, as we explore the changing nature of our economy as we look for prosperity and opportunity in not only preserving, but also improving our environment. Today on the Road to Zero, we have Felix Bach, founder of Chop Value from Vancouver, BC. Welcome, Felix. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. And before we begin, can you give us a quick overview of what Chop Value is? Of course, yeah. So, uh, Chop Value is that uh, crazy circular economy franchise that recycles chopsticks and turn them into new beautiful product. Um, I say crazy because you know many people don't really believe that we uh, uh, recycle chopsticks for a living, but uh, it's it's one of these underutilized resources that we tapped into right in front of us in in our urban environments, and uh, uh, that's how we build our concept. Awesome. And tell me a bit more, because it sounds like you've been involved with bamboo specifically for quite some time. So what is it about bamboo that has uh, attracted your attention? Yeah, honestly, it, it, it fascinated me for, you know, over 15 years now. Um, as, a, as a young carpenter, I started working with bamboo because I was fascinated how fast it's growing and how hard and durable it is as a material. Um, and then all the way throughout my career uh, to become a wood engineer and later to do my uh, PhD research at UBC, um, I was fascinated by bamboo as a sustainable building material. So naturally, um, and, and more as a joke than actually as a serious uh, business venture, I, I always told my friends that if I were ever to run out of research material, um, I would just collect chopsticks, you know, and, and one thing turned to another, um, being actually aware of of uh, greener actions that are needed in our cities and, and uh, more innovation that's needed for waste conversion into, into new resources. That's when we started collecting up to 100,000 chopsticks per day uh, in our microfactory operation at Chop Value. Wow. Yeah, and and in, in reading your background, I see you had the, yeah, you did your PhD and was it specifically on bamboo or just the, the world of creating a sustainable circular economy? What was the, what was it, was it you studied exactly? Yeah, it was, it was uh, structural bamboo products in general for sustainable business opportunities. And, uh, you know, when I started my research, I really didn't know what I actually meant myself, what a sustainable business opportunity really is. And today I know it's about how do we scale um, in, the, in the most uh, impactful way, meaning, uh, you know, what does impact mean is not only environment, but also community and labor and supply chain. And uh, this is where um, I looked at chop value as, a, uh, as the perfect concept on how we can actually replicate our success in Vancouver. Okay. So a bit as a joke, collecting chopsticks. And tell me how how this company came about and just kind of like it, it sounds like it was kind of a, a joke at the beginning but now you're you've actually got something going and it's actually growing so how how did that come together um you're right we have something going now um it's it's really after a few um days of of just thinking through the supply volumes it, it became clear that you know with over 1572 sushi restaurants in vancouver alone uh there might be actually potential to roll out a full collection program and uh, obviously, then you're going through the exercise of naming your idea. Um, uh, I must admit, I, I, I'm not a marketer, so Chop Value was obviously uh, also one of the, the, the fun realizations, you know, pointing at a mountain of chopsticks that we collected after the first few days or weeks. Um, and then 
you know, step by step by 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 finding success through um, product design and the material performance and how the story resonated with people and the media, we realized we might be onto something bigger. And uh, even though you know part of our brand core values is not to take ourselves too serious and uh, always have fun while solving problems, we are now taking the responsibility that we have to to educate about circular economy. We take that quite seriously. So. Um, we, we measure our impact, we make sure we, we, we scale responsibly, and that's how we gave that microfactory concept a name um, in, in franchising to, to expand all across North America and hopefully beyond. Wow. So, so what I hear, the first piece is someone actually goes to the restaurant, basically collects them. So do they kind of save them for you and they give you a bag every week or what? How, how does the collection piece work? Yeah, so even collections, um, our, our restaurant partners are our customers. Uh, even if the recycling program is, uh, is a free program, we provide them with our recycling bins. Um, they are uh, Chop Valley branded. They have uh, a few slots on the top. And then um, our restaurant and business partners, they just um, separate the chopsticks from all the other disposables and other garbage. So once a week, our staff visits these restaurants and checks in with them, see how they're doing. Um, uh, collects the chopsticks, uh, takes the weight for the impact statistics, and brings them back to our facility um, uh, in each of the cities that we are located. And uh, once these thousands of thousands of chopsticks enter the facility, they get sorted and aligned and uh, resonated with a water-based resin from the automotive industry. And then they go into the core and the heart of the uh, innovation, which is our um, hydraulic hot press that uh, compacts the, these chopsticks into a new uniform engineered material. And that's the true value creation of, um, of the true value concept. Okay, and, and these micro factories, like how big is a micro factory? Just to give an idea, like I, I, here there's a washing system and then yeah. there's that for the press and then a couple of places to put your material, but what does that look like? Right. Footprint? So the idea was always, how can we make sure this is affordable in, in relatively expensive urban environments so that uh, people can, can, can operate it, see it, feel it, uh, smell it, um, and the noise is, is in a manageable uh, volume. So a standard microfactory is around 2,500 square feet. Um, it, it can be smaller, it can be bigger, depending on the location and depending on how we fit the, the concept in. And it um, it is really... The, the basic core machinery that we developed from you know shaker table to dryer to to the hot press all the way to the remanufacturing machinery how we call it which is standard wood machinery and um, that's where you go really from the resource that you recycle locally all the way to the finished designed end product so you keep the entire cycle in-house Okay, so really simple. And then now the, the product, is it like one standard size or is it, can it really scale to different applications? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, we, we, we try to think through how we could scale most sustainably and most um, uh, effectively. And uh, I think modularity is a big uh, key for innovation and also for maintaining uh, a consistency in design of the product. So um, we're pressing a square uh, tiles in our process and these tiles they're actually only eight by eight inch uh, in dimensions so just the dimensions of of the regular average chopstick um, and these tiles is then the basic raw material for each of the products um, we design um, after that 
and uh, that gives it that consistency in, in brand and quality uh, across all our products. Okay, and what can you give me an example of some of your like like your hottest selling products or the ones that are most most popular? Yeah, you know it's. Uh, it's these products that people told me at the beginning will never ever make us money <laughs> because they don't solve the problem. So um, we sell this wall decor set. Um, there's actually one behind me on screen um, that is just a few hexagon tiles and hexagon shelves. And uh, initially I called it the starter set, uh, the starter set for if you want to be your own sustainable designer at home and you can just put some chopsticks on your wall. And, you know, business 101 never sells something that doesn't solve a problem. <laughs> but it's <laughs> up to today, you know, no matter if we're looking at our partners like Simons or Nordstrom, um, we, we, it's, it's still one of the best sellers. And, uh, of course, we have come a long way uh, from the, the, the feel-good products to actual functional design products, uh, you know, to home decor, uh, flatware, coasters, uh, all the way to height adjustable desks and restaurant tables for our restaurant partners. Um, so I don't want to say everything is possible, but we are we're definitely developing in all sorts of areas where performance um, and design matters and where you really have a need for sustainability. And then for instance, do you, I don't know if it, it's feasible, do you make like uh, floor tiles? We could, like floor? Uh, we could, but it's really hard um, and that's more kind of a business strategy uh, session because if, if the moment you are calling it flooring, you're getting compared um, to uh, to all these keywords of, of mm -hmm. flooring that are maybe, you know, your one or two dollars a square foot and people question, uh, you know, what's the difference in value and, and, and you're getting into all sorts of discussions of uh, product and, and, and uh, market positioning. Um, so we, we really tend to develop an end product that is uh, beautiful and directly in use with the end consumer that tells the story of the brand a bit better. Okay, beautiful, no, I love it. And then how big is Chopper? Like how many, because I, I hear you have a, a franchise model. So how many franchisee or how many locations and, and how far are you spread out? Um, well, hopefully, um, you know, when, when someone listens to this podcast in two years, uh, my answer is not true anymore because we are growing pretty fast. Uh, we, we currently have a location in Vancouver, Montreal, and uh, Calgary, um, and we're about to expand to the US and to Europe. So um, it's, it's really one of these learning curves that uh, we are growing by demand. So at, at this point, we, we have more demand that we can uh, accommodate for you know, conscious consumers that really want to make um, purpose-driven uh, decisions when, when they buy consumer goods or when they buy uh, work from home essentials. And it's, it's a nice uh, movement to actually be part of or even lead when it comes to circular economy. No, that's great. And for example, what, um, so as a business right now, what are you more looking for? Is it more franchise people that want a, a franchise partner restaurants that are looking for a place to give their chopsticks or people just look to buy sustainable products or is it all, all three? You know, um, you, you can't have it all, but uh, ideally, <laughs> ideally with, with Chop Value, we're, we're truly building a community of, 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 of people who understand what, we, what, what we're working for. Um, and it is both with, you know, educating on recycling and, and extending the life cycle of disposable resources, not waste. Um, it's also of finding the right fit, the team, the people who would like to franchise our concept in, in different cities. 
and of course with our support we we, we want to make sure we, we work with like-minded partners for more sustainable product placements yeah and, and i love how because uh, again there's, there's a mountain of trash out there there really is and and i love your model of actually partnering with these these companies these restaurants to being a partner that they reduce their impact and and i hear even like them having tables made from their you know their their their, their junk you know there's, there's this whole partnership to create so is that is that the key to the circular economy is finding those key partnerships i think the key for circular economy is that it doesn't feel like a transaction you know we, we we never approach our restaurant saying we want your garbage and that's where the sentence stops no like we 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 build partnerships with every single restaurant and if you want to do that on scale that's that's where the local uh, microfactory concept makes sense because I want to make sure that every franchise owner builds personal relationships with their mm. businesses and restaurant partners that recycle with them to make sure there's there's some time and commitment for education. Um, so I think that's how it's going to be successful because the theory is always always easy to to tell. You know, restaurants are so busy and so tight on on time and cash they don't care about green initiatives and recycling. Well, mm. it's really not true. Um, if if you, you can't generalize that way um, because I think as a, as a community, you, you can actually, um, with, with the smallest actions and every step along the way, you can create impact. And when you look at our, you know, 33 million plus chopsticks recycled, um, I don't think anyone can really question that community impact uh, anymore. Yeah, and, and I love how it really focuses on that localness of the community, right? That there's, there's, you're not taking these chopsticks and sending them to China, you know, and, and then comes the product. It's really the factories here. They're, they're in the same neighborhood, almost, literally, where you can see that vision of it. Yeah, and it's, it's one of these things that I hope people question themselves a little bit more now on, on thinking about, we, we have these large industrial factories of, I don't know, producing dairy that dairy gets uh, shipped, uh, rushed on, 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 on all sorts of methods of transportation, thousands of miles for packaging. And then after it's getting packaged, it gets packaged in another facility on, on, uh, on, and maybe then branded and then distributed retailers. So this is just one of so many examples of, of how scale has actually impacted the environmental footprint of, our, um, of all sorts of daily goods, that if we can do our part to actually localize manufacturing on on such a scale that we are now working on i think we are we are at least doing our part yeah no i love that and then so you, you've got this and i hear you're, you're really growing this what else are you working on uh what's next for you or how is chop value going to expand or is this kind of what you're going to run with for some time well you know we we definitely want to have at least 75 uh micro factory locations um over the next few years in in uh, you know, US, Canada, and hopefully um, swapping over to um, Japan, Taiwan, uh, Korea, and other Asian um, uh, countries that, that kind of have a more cultural alignment to, the, to this resource uh, issue. Um, but then, as you mentioned earlier, the sky's the limit. You know, if we, if we can create jobs and, 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 uh, and a market uh, with something humble, like a chopstick, uh, why not extending uh, an existing successful concept to other resources. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to confuse anyone with, with our current brand and concept, but um, um, I hope others will pick up on it and 
implemented faster than we could. But if not, if no one jumps on it, I'm, I'm happy to do it in the next few years. <laughs> I love it. And 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 love how you're inviting everybody to even look at where that opportunity is because somehow you saw a chopstick, maybe it was a joke, and next thing you know, there's there's this, this whole business that came out of it. And it sounds like a rather successful one. And what what really was the key to like what was the main components to go from okay, here's a piece of garbage. Now how do I create the sustainable business model that actually works around it? I think you know, with with in, in order to get from an idea or initiation to an actual um, sustainable business model, uh, it's it's hard work. Like that's 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 the that's the true answer, and uh, and a really good team around yourself. Mm -hmm. So, um, as you said, I can I can I can start with a joke. I can start with the initiative. I can go out myself and recycle chopsticks. I can start designing machinery and that I has a has a limit and at some point yeah. it's obviously not I anymore. Um, today we are you know um, over 30 people plus franchisees plus uh, uh, venture firms and and funds that have invested into us because they understand the vision um, plus uh, directors advisors who who invest time into making this work so the respect and depreciation I have for that journey of, of people who 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 seem to understand what, what we are building. Um, that is all a key uh, for um, how far we have come today, right? And um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of the, the answer. It's, it's a lot of hard work and dedication and um, and definitely not letting go of the opportunity. Yeah, no, I hear you really, uh, you've really done the work and you've got a very impressive team. That's right, yeah, well, I think, uh, Without my team, you know, uh, I wouldn't have made it through uh, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and and how and, and just that's an interesting you mentioned how how did that impact <clears throat> your your particular business? Because I know like it's it's been quite a, a, a massive impact for most businesses. Yeah, it, you know, impact negative or positive. Um, what we have seen across the board is uh, a rapidly increasing engagement, not only internally as a team of how we communicate and how we um, care for each other, uh, but also uh, a massive engagement with our partners, suppliers, and and and, and consumers. Um, there's this. I do believe there's this like ten seconds, ten seconds or twenty seconds extra time that everyone has before you make a decision because we're not running around all day long. Um, mm. And maybe if you're then having the chance to dig deeper into a value-driven or purpose-driven brand like ours. Uh, maybe you have a chance to then really get behind a movement. Um, so if anything, we, we, we keep the silver lining of, of, you know, a year of a pandemic or two years of a pandemic, we keep the silver lining really in front of us um, to, to grow uh, with purpose. Yeah, and what, and what I hear, like, um, I don't know if that's exactly what you meant to say, but what I hear and what you're saying is the resilience that comes with having this kind of purpose-driven and community-based business, because it's not just someone you don't know in, in two countries over. It, it's literally this restaurant that you have this long-standing relationship. So when a bump hits, there's there's way more resiliency built in those relationships. It's not a quick, like I'm out, I'm switching to someone who's cheaper. There's, there's, there's much more resilience built in those bonds. So when it gets hard, people stick around, even if 
you know, they might have a better alternative somewhere. 100%. I think that's a really good summary. And I do believe the word resilience comes definitely from a, a strong sense of responsibility. Um, no matter, no matter in, you know, what position you are, or if you are that restaurant owner that has a really, really hard time, or if you are a circular economy uh, manufacturer like we are, and you have a challenging time, um, resilience comes always with a strength, strong sense of responsibility, and that's usually strengthened by relationships. Yeah, I love that. Relationship-based businesses. Correct. That's how it's supposed to be, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's definitely more fun that way. Uh, well, yeah, and, uh, and, and more committed, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with today? Well, no, I'm, I'm always just very, very excited to, to share our story. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing to see uh, um, how far our team has come. And uh, I hope we can, uh, you know, pop up in, in every single city uh, across North America where your listeners are. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Nick. Thanks for your time. To hear more about our podcast, showcase events, or on the FutureProof Network, please visit us at www.futureproof-network.com.